Tough game, tough game. Let's get right into it. The first 10. I thought we came out with a lot of energy. Uh, we definitely came out with more energy than we did in the Green Bay game. And I really liked what we did offensively. Uh, we were screening and rolling the hell out of UCLA in the first 10 minutes. And it really created some good offensive flow for us. <clears throat> we had three different possessions with ball screens from Garcia uh, where we took the screen, came around and scored. Uh, we refused the screen, came up to the hoop, and scored. And another time where we refused the screen, came down, pulled in the big, kicked it to the corner for a three. And it really developed a nice sense of identity for this offense right off the bat because UCLA was really struggling to guard the ball screens. Uh, there was one play where I really liked Garcia came up to the top. Uh, he set a flat screen, so that's, that's screening the defender from behind. And it gives Carton an opportunity. They actually did this three times in the first half, where when you set that flat screen, it allows the guard to see where the defender is and to choose if he needs to go left or right, because when they go to switch that ball screen, it gives the guard an opportunity to create even more space when he dribbles away. We've scored on all three of those plays. And our guards are really good at <clears throat> seeing that screen. What you want to do is, as a ball handler, you want to come up to your screen and you almost want to brush elbows. I'm sorry, brush shoulders. And that way you don't create a lot of space for the defender to be able to jump the gap, to step over it. And in the first 10 minutes, we were doing a great job of coming around those screens. Our screeners were also finding their spots. They were hitting their areas. And when you get to your spot on the court as a screener, it makes it that much easier for a guard. And DJ was, was doing extremely well. I mean, he was getting to the rim. His ball handling was fantastic. Jamal Kane, wow. What a beginning of the game. This I thought this was his best game. He was everywhere. He was Mr. Intangible. He was playing defense. He was getting rebounds. I mean, he had a, a few nice baskets in the game. But in the beginning, I thought he was the one that really set the tone for this team. But as Walton pointed out, uh, the refs really started to take over this game. And it hurt Marquette. It hurt Marquette more than it hurt UCLA. Uh, I have no problem blaming refs when refs need to be blamed. And I loved that Bill Walton did not hold back. That rant he had on David Hall, where he literally said silence to injustice is compliance. He called it an injustice to humanity. How fantastic is that? Love Bill Walton. I mean, that's a really enjoyable watch when he's calling the game. But it really hurt when you have Lewis, who's got three fouls so early, and you're out Torrance. That puts Marquette in a really tough position because it limits their ability to give guys lesser minutes. And really, at the end of the game, you'll see this rack up. But by the time we got to the 12th possession, that's where the game, it was about right around the 10-minute mark. We saw probably the worst version of Kobe we've seen all year. This is a really bad game for here. Possessions 12, 13, and 14. He has two back-to-back -back turnovers and takes a terrible three. Uh, Woj calls a timeout, and he is furious. 
Uh, he is absolutely pissed. We come off the court. Elliott hits a three, and then we come into another turnover. We have an offensive foul on the inbounds by Kobe to a, TJ, to a Theo John turnover. Uh, so in seven possessions, we have six of them that end up in a blown possession. <clears throat> three of them, actually four of them being turnovers, you consider the offensive foul a turnover. We have two good possessions where Garcia puts a put back and DJ hits a great step back three. And then we go into another turnover and another missed shot. They had a stretch from about 10 minutes to about the five minute mark where in 10 possessions we had eight of them where we just didn't score or return the ball over. And this is where you know the defense was really put in a difficult position because not only was everything a foul, which makes it increasingly difficult to know how physical to play, but when the offense is missing shots like they were and turning the ball over, you're putting your defense on its heels. You're giving the offense the opportunity to get it up the court and create mismatches in transition to be able to put pressure on you right away for you not to be able to get set. And we were lucky to keep that game close. You know, Kobe really struggled in that second 10. He had a six-possession stretch where he was 0 for 2 for shooting, two turnovers or an offensive foul. And then, and, and that was just in the last 10 minutes, and then another three-possession stretch uh, where he had a pick-and-pop with uh, Garcia. Well, it should have been a pick-and-pop, uh, but he had his head down. Uh, Garcia stepped out. He was wide open, threw up a really bad shot. He then came down and forced a terrible three and had another foul. This was one of those games where Kobe got sped up, and you can see that. You could see Kobe getting sped up. You could see dribbling with his head down, and he just really wasn't making good decisions. We were able to at least keep it close at the end of that half, and you could tell things were getting tense. Everyone was getting a little chippy. Uh, there, People were getting a little heated. And one thing I wasn't really impressed with at the half was our rebounding. I know you're going to look at the numbers, and I even heard Walton and some of the announcers talk about you know, we were in the plus category over them in rebounding. But when we look at box scores, it could be confusing. So I feel like this is the perfect time to ask Dr. Peebles. When looking at rebounding, we can't get caught up sometimes in total rebounds, total number of defensive rebounds, total number of offensive rebounds, because... That's going to be dictated by the number of missed shots. It's better to look at the percentage of rebounds that you were able to pull down. And while Marquette had more offensive rebounds than UCLA did at the half, two or three of the, there's definitely one possession where they had two offensive rebounds in the same possession. And when you look at the numbers for UCLA, they had four offensive rebounds. And when you calculate that up against the actual missed shots, they were able to get 36% of the offensive rebounds available to them. That means every three possessions, UCLA is pulling down an offensive rebound. That's not good. You don't want that as a team. And what I want Dr. Keegan to look into is what type of team do we need to be on the glass to win the Big East? The first half our rebounding was not what it normally was. We weren't we weren't sealing guys. We weren't taking guys out. Uh, it's not the rebounding that I think we have grown accustomed to over the last couple weeks. So, uh, Dr. Keegan, I want our show producer, by the way. Um, Dr. Keegan, I need you to look into what type of team offensive boards do we need to pull down to be the best team in the, in the Big East? 
And once you look at rebounding numbers in general, where do we compare right now? Now let's take it into the second half. The first 10 minutes of this half was the story of DJ. I mean, he dominated the first 11 possessions. Uh, screen and roll. And when I say dominated, I mean it more as in he was the main ball handler setting everything up. And it had to be for a while. Kobe was in foul trouble. Lewis was in foul trouble. And right off the bat, the first five possessions looked really good. He had an and one. Uh, great ball screen from Kane. Uh, he did a fantastic job. of. I love DJ's bounce passes. There's several times where he gets to the middle of the lane. He sees cutters down the baseline. Throws that beautiful jump step, stop, bounce pass. And he really commands the court in another way. And this brings me, I guess... Something I want to make sure I see moving forward is DJ needs to be our lead guard over Kobe. I didn't count the stats, and I don't know what it looked like for this particular game, but I thought that Kobe was bringing up the ball too much in the first half. You started to see that switch in the second half, I mean, also with Kobe being out. But I think Carton needs to be our lead guard moving forward. Uh, one, it, I think it allows Kobe to settle down a little bit more, especially when he gets amped up. When you have a team that puts a three-quarter press on, at least gives you a, not three-quarter press, but three-quarter pressure on your ball handler, that gets Kobe sped up a little bit. He tends to just put his head down and sprint over the timeline. I like the way DJ methodically can move up the court. He's better with someone on his hip. Uh, he's better in transition. <clears throat> he sees the court better. And knows how to handle that. I think Kobe has more of a number two instinct. Where he is more about getting to the rim and then attacking. He's a little bit more of a bowling ball. Where I think DJ needs to be just the main ball handler moving forward. I think it's better for Kobe. It puts Kobe in a better position as well. And we get, as we're getting down to like the 13 minute mark. DJ started to miss some shots. And a lot of it had to do with minutes. I mean, our leading minutes, guys, were Garcia and Carton. I think it was 38 and 35 minutes. was way more than anybody else. Those guys, one, Garcia's coming out of high school where you don't play those kind of minutes. Games aren't even that long uh, in some states. And so Garcia, you know, he's not used to that. He didn't play particularly well. Again, he was, you know, I'm going to get back to the physicality. He, he struggled to get position in the block. And the one point, uh, this was at, I think, possession six in the first 10 minutes of the second half. What I really enjoyed was there was a great high-low where we started with the ball out in the wing and Garcia was setting up on the blocked and we moved the ball to the top of the key with Theo John. Garcia swung around, sealed his defender on the backside, and Theo John was able to throw the ball over to the top into Garcia. We need to do more to get... Garcia open on the block. We need to run more plays. He, I think, without having enough size uh, and weight, he struggles a little bit to create his own space in the post. We could do more to get him open down there. And I thought that was a great opportunity. But, I mean, DJ and Garcia, they played almost most of the first eight minutes of that. And we sat Garcia only from the 13-minute mark to the 9-minute mark. Uh, and I, that's going to... That's gonna, be something important at the end because the pace was wild in the second half. I don't mean that in a bad way, but this has not been like Marquette's other games. This was a little bit more of a track meet. This was more physical. Um, it feel, it felt like in the second half, like a WWF wrestler. I mean, it was awesome. 
He was willing to throw his body around. He was willing to get physical. Uh, again, energy, not my problem today. Um, energy was not my problem. It was being hamstrung. You know, it's missing guys like Samir and it's missing guys like Lewis. Uh, we get Lewis in the game again. And now from about the 13 minute to the 10 minute point, uh, we see Justin Lewis come in and really step up. He gets an and one. He's got a beautiful little baby hook. Uh, he had a really nice opportunity in transition, but it felt like it was one and one. We'd score, they'd score. We turn the ball over, we score. I mean, it was back and forth for a good stretch of five minutes there where we were keeping the ball. We were keeping the game close. In fact, we had the lead. We were up by four with 10 minutes left. Uh, we were doing a good job of at least holding them as well as we could on defense. And our closeouts, something I want to talk about with this defense, are fantastic. This team sprints to shooters. It makes it very difficult. I don't know, and I didn't have the stats on this, but I really would have loved to have seen how many shots we at least contested of UCLA's. They didn't have a lot of plays. They had the one alley-oop towards the end of the game, but you know, at that point we were getting gassed. Most of the time, we were right there to contest most shots. And what's great about our closeouts is they're they're so textbook. We're coming up with a hand high and a hand low, and the short choppy footwork as you get closer to the shooter is absolutely textbook. That is a and every one of our defenders does that in their closeout. It allows, the, it allows our defender to keep light feet and be able to move in a situation of a pump fake while still keeping your hands high in order to at least contest the shot. And we were doing that. I mean, down this first 10 minutes, we were, we were there. We had the lead by four. And then it was just a disaster in the last 10 minutes. One, I think we did run out of energy. Um, the minutes, I've talked about those being down Torrance. Now you got Kobe with four. You got Lewis with four. You had Theo with four. I mean, it was difficult. And, and again, Walton did not hesitate to take any shots. He also did not hesitate to give us a movie recommendation from PBS and then immediately ask the other announcer who the greatest lefty was all time. And then before the other announcer could even answer, listed about 15 lefties. Just incredible. But in the last 10 minutes there, things really fell apart. And this is where I'm, I would really love to talk to the coaches about strategy. I felt like we needed to make another adjustment. Coach Killings, love to have you on the show. Another shout out. Come talk X's and O's. We have an avid basketball community here in Marquette. People who really know the game and they really want to get a deeper understanding. Coach, come on the show. Let's just talk some X's and O's. Help us as fans better understand what's going on. One thing I felt like I saw down the stretch was we stuck with the screen and roll when UCLA made a defensive adjustment. They started to blitz our screens. What I mean by that is that you know the when, when we would set a screen, the defenders would jump up at the ball handler to stop their momentum from getting to the hoop. And it was working. I mean, we were getting delayed in shot clocks because we couldn't get to the hoop. Our ball handlers couldn't navigate anywhere. And I felt like we made it, needed to make an adjustment to an adjustment. We were very reliant on the screen and roll in this game. And UCLA made an adjustment to it. I, I felt like we should have made an adjustment by going into the paint. It wasn't working. And that's okay. It's a flow of a game. It's an adjustment to an adjustment to an adjustment. 
And one thing I've talked a lot about in some of these past pods was our ability to score a lot of different ways. You know, whether it's getting the ball into the block, it's running guys off of screens, off the ball, whether it's the screen and roll. And this felt like a very heavy screen and roll game. I would love to have seen, I don't know, hey, paint touches. I'm not sure if you got you guys have access to some secret database of data. I love the stuff that you guys put up, but I bet you we had far less entry passes into the block this game than we've had in the past. We didn't really let our bigs go to work. And especially with the way that they were calling fouls, UCLA plays mainly two forwards. You know, I didn't know a lot about UCLA going in. I did a little bit of just, you know, looking at who's playing a lot. They played two forwards. They predominantly play two forwards, and the rest is guards. With the way they were calling fouls, you know, getting the ball into the block may have been an opportunity for us to, at the very least, uh, be able to put some of their guys into foul trouble, <clears throat> make them a little bit smaller by taking their bigs out of the game. But I thought that we really could have seen an adjustment to the adjustment. But in the end, it was a war of attrition. Our guys played a lot of minutes. Uh, I think that really got the best of us. I don't think any less of this team. This is just a really hard game. First West Coast game for a lot of young guys. First time traveling in a pandemic. Um, they brought the energy. I think that the refs really handcuffed them this game. And we struggled to kind of get over adversity. Um, but a good test. Now, this is it. You got to get out of plane. You got to go to Omaha. And you got to play Creighton. I mean, you're not going home. You got to pick your head up. I think the turnaround is Monday. Um, and you got to figure it out. So it's going to be interesting. I'm really excited about Monday night's game. Thank you, guys. This show has been an absolute joy to do. Let's keep them rolling. Let's get that win on Monday. Have a great day.